Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. I met a lot of new people this morning, and I just want to say welcome to the bridge, man, and it's uh, it's just our honor to have you, and uh, man, we want you to make this your home, and uh, you know, it's not about us, though, it's about a relationship with God and a relationship with, with Christians, and so uh, to those of you that I met this morning, man, we pray that we're the right place for you, but if we're not, that's great, too. We want to make sure we find you the right place, and so uh, we just want to say again, as Pastor Derek mentioned, just a huge, huge welcome this morning. So can we just give a hand to all those that chose to say, I'm going to go to church today. That's awesome. Um, I'm excited for this series, and uh, we don't do this very often, and so we're going to go through a book of the Bible the next four weeks, and if you're not familiar with this book, it's the book of Ruth, and it's in the Old Testament, and the book of Ruth is literally one of my favorite books of all time. Uh, One, because it's short. Um, Where my teenagers at? Come on. And uh, one, because it's so uh, ingrained into the culture of really what it means to be a Hebrew uh, during that day. And then really, it's it's a uh, type of Christ. In other words, it shows us uh, eventually of who Jesus will be. And we even sang it this morning, you know. Uh, He loved us. He died for us, even though you and I were still sucking it up, even though we were sinners. He's like, I'm going to die for them. I'm going to give my life for them, even though they have still not chosen to say yes to me. That's the God in whom we serve. And I just think that's amazing this morning. I don't know about you, but I think that's, that to me is what it's about. And so uh, if you have the book of Ruth uh, open in front of you, um, feel free and grab it. It's after the book of Judges and, and First and Second Samuel after all three of those. And, and if you want to just hold on to it, you can. We're not going to go verse by verse, uh, but we're going to look at a lot of content within this uh, book this morning. And so uh, grab it. Uh, we're going to look at it in just, a, in just a minute. But I want to give us a little bit of on-ramp history this morning. And so uh, last weekend, I chose to start my message with a story of flagellants. Today, we're going to start with Scripture. So you just never know what you're going to get at the bridge, right? And uh, I, I shared with my wife, and she's like, you know, that was probably a little much. And, uh, and then I was talking to Pastor Derek. He's like, no, us guys like stories like that. And so uh, he's young, though, so I got to take that into account. Um, turn with me. It, it, well, you don't have to turn there. You're in Ruth. But I'm going to open up in Judges chapter 21, verse 25. And it says this. You might say, why are we in Judges? Well, this is the book right before Ruth. And so there's, there's a reason Ruth is in the Bible where it's at right now. And what's so cool is how it ties together. And so here's what it says in Judges. It's not like a, woo, really encouraging scripture. Thanks, Pastor Chris. I'm good to go. Uh, it's, it's this. It says, in those days, Israel had no king. Everyone did as he saw fit. Now, I know this might come as a shock to many of you, but I don't know if any of us can relate to what those times might be like culturally, where people just did what felt good to them, and they did what they want, and they were addicted to things that they shouldn't be addicted to. I know that we don't really deal with that in our culture, but let's look at something that's unrelevant in the Bible. Can we do that? Hashtag sarcasm. Um, it was this time of lawlessness. People were doing everything. They're like, we don't need a king. We don't want a people. You know, we, we just want to do what's right in our own eyes. And so, you know, they would do this. And, and not only in God's land, and because they did this in God's land, they experienced uh, starvation. People were marrying people. They weren't supposed to marry. They were going places. They weren't supposed to go. They were doing all this negative stuff. And I want you to see something here this morning 
Uh, there's a couple, couple kind of uh, punchy things that I just want you to gather this morning. If you don't get anything else, here's one of those. When we live without regard to what the Scripture teaches, eventually what is obviously contrary to God's teaching starts to look okay. Okay? It's a little heavy. I know. We're just getting started, so bear with me. I want you to on, on the plane with me, okay? Come on a little journey this morning. We'll, we'll land the plane a little bit. But there's many times within this book of Ruth that we glean a lot out of it for us today, okay? Whether you listen to it or read it, seriously, it'll take less than 15 minutes. I encourage all of you today, I implore all of you today, I appreciate the prayers, but man, my concern as a pastor is for your faith walk and your faith journey. And I can, I can do so much in 20 to 30 minutes on a Sunday, you have to develop your faith walk on your own. And so you've got to dive into the Word of God. And it's so easy to read the book of Ruth. And I don't, how many of you like stories in the Bible that read more like a story than a bunch of like do's and don'ts? Anybody like me? I'm like that. Ruth is awesome. It reads like a story. And there's so much that God will speak to you through the power of the Holy Spirit different to one person than he will the next. And that's the power of God right here that we see in the Word. So some of this is about dedication, what it means to be dedicated to someone or to the true God. Some of it is about obedience. What does it mean to obey God? And is that a good thing? Some of it's about honor. What is honor? I think we we don't have a full grasp on what honor really is today. Or what is dealing with loss? We we talked about that last week. Uh, Tough times. Some of you are having great times right now. Some of you are like, man, it stinks right now. 2019 did not start well. You know, you're only five days into it, man. Um, it, It can be about the importance of where you come from. It's not about how you start. It's about how you finish. But we have to look at where we came from and what has God done since then. He loved us where we're at, but he loved us enough along the way to lead us where he wanted us to be eventually. Or maybe it's about commitment. How many of us have ever struggled with commitment in our life? Don't answer that. And, uh, or it's about a specific woman. Uh-oh. Guys, some of you are single here today. Some of you, uh, maybe you're on eHarmony. I don't know. Maybe you're on Christian single or mingle or whatever it's called or mix it up. I don't know. There's like a million of them out there, okay? Maybe, maybe you're going, man, I'm trying to figure out this whole dating thing and I don't know what to do. You know, Pastor, you always talk about the married guys and, you know, the married women and, and we're going to talk about them today too again. But at the same time, there's this look that's so awesome about this woman named Ruth that we learn about, actually really not until the second chapter. And so we're not going to talk about her a lot this morning. But I want to focus not just on the love part of the story. Now, truth be told, I love a good chick flick from time to time, okay? And guys, if, you know, I, I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand because I don't want to have to admit that in church. I love a good, you know, there, there's a few of them, and you might judge me if I say which ones I like. I mean, come on. Like one of the greatest chick flicks of all times, and don't chastise me here, Spaceballs. Come on. I mean, it's incredible. Um, you know, a little risque. But... Uh, we tried to watch one, Pride and Prejudice. Um, you ever seen that? Man, I think my, like, my, my DVD player stopped working after I tried playing it in it. I mean, it was, it was bad. And this, I just want you to say, if you're like a chick flick fan, this one's got a lot of chick flickness, okay, going on. But I want you to stay with me and realize there's a lot more that's happening um, besides just the, the Pride and Prejudice. You ever tried watching that, seriously? What an what a awful movie. Like, seriously, this is like my least favorite. I'm totally off topic right now. Here's the story. If you're in Ruth, here's what's happening, okay? Ruth is not even on the page yet. She's not even part of the story. You have this woman named Naomi, and Naomi marries this man named Elimelech, okay? Great word. No one can spell it. And, and Elimelech uh, is a man of God, supposedly. And so the two of them get married, and, and they eventually, they have two kids, 
And, and they go, and, and the four of them, they have this perfect little family, and everything's good, but there's a big problem because right now they're living in Bethlehem, Judah, which is a part of Israel. And there's a place about 40 to 50 miles away, depending on which commentator you read, and he says, I want to go to this place called Moab. And he says, if we go to this place called Moab, when we get there, they've got food. Let's go. Let's, let's, let's go across the desert. Let's take the trip, you know, about, about a week trip or so, and let's go get food because right now we're starving. It's starvation in the land because of choices that the Israelites made. God's judgment is on them. And so Elimelech, being the uh, not-so-great husband he is, says, I'm going to take my family and I'm going to go to the land of Moab. Now you might be, well, who cares? It's 50 miles away. There's food. Let's, let's go. Here's why that is so bad, okay? So bad is because in Moab, they, it looks like everything, they look like they got it all together. You ever met somebody and you're following Jesus with all your heart and you met somebody that's not and you're like, why is it all going so well for them? And for me, it feels like it's just not. That ever, you ever felt that way? Anybody? Yeah, a few of us, okay. Well, here's what's happening. Elimelech is going, we got to go to Moab because that's where the food is. That's where the water is. That's where the nutrients are. We've, we've got, I got to bring my family there. And so he does this, but Moab, if you know anything about some biblical history here, I'm just going to give a little biblical history lesson just for a moment, is Moab stems from Lot, and Lot had a lot of problems. Lot actually impregnated his daughter, and out of that, it was incest, came Moab. And so Moab is, is this like city that's full, full on sexual exploitation, um, completely outside of God's will. In fact, they're worshiping a God that's not even in the Bible. It's like this fish-like God, and, and it's just awful. And so Elimelech, who's supposedly a believer, is going, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take my family there because I'm going to protect them. And I'm going I'm to bring them there because that's where, that's where the food is. That's where it's all at. Well, here's the crazy part about all of this is that Elimelech looks like he's protecting his family, but, but is he? He's not. He's bringing his family basically to ruins because he's taken them outside of the faith journey that he, as the man of God, called to be the man of that house, decided to go away that he shouldn't go. And, and he went and he took them there thinking, well, I'm going to provide for him. I'm, I'm going to make sure it all happens. Well, they get there and seriously, everything falls apart. Everything. Naomi, the wife, her, her, her husband actually passes away. Her husbands and, or excuse me, her, her sons end up marrying two Moabite women. And Moabite women were actually known for their physical attractiveness, okay? They were like, they, they were hotties in the Old Testament, okay? To bring it into our culture today, they were hotties. And so that's one of the reasons why you see their, you know, their two kids be like, all right, I'm going to hook up with, with Ruth, and the other one's name was Orpah. And they're like, yeah, we're good, you know? But they're still not following God's way. And so part of the story, and we don't know why, but the two of them end up dying. So you have Naomi, who her husband dies, her two sons die, and here she is with these two Moabite daughter-in-laws going, what do I do? She's got nothing. She's sitting here in Moab going, I've lost everything. Everything that I know to me except these two daughter-in-laws that are following a God that I'm not even supposed to follow. I'm in a land that's not my own. I'm an Israelite supposed to be back in the land of, of Judah. Now here's the crazy part, land of Judah where they came from, Bethlehem. Here it is, Elimelech brings them to Moab to provide you know what Bethlehem means, the meaning of the word itself, where they came from? It actually means house of bread, okay? So in the Old Testament, it means like this is the providence that God had for them. And Elimelech's like, no, I'm going to go do it my own way. Now I know, again, this is just biblical, irrelevant stuff because all of us here 
always want to do it God's way. It's in 2019, and none of us have made a, a one issue yet with our New Year's resolution, right? We're all on track. We've been doing it perfectly. We haven't had the, the soda or the ice cream or the chocolate or, or the Netflix or the social media or whatever we gave up to fast. We've been perfect in every single way, right? God appreciates your openness. But here's the cool part. Ruth is not just this book about an incredible woman, but it's actually about the character of a phenomenal man. Now, I'm going to make you do something this morning that might make some of you uncomfortable, and I don't care, um, because I believe God wants me to do this this morning. So I want to ask for all the men in this place right now to stand up. If you're a visitor, we don't do this like ever in the eight and a half years. I want you to listen to me. I'm not able to look at all of you at the same time. Many of you are husbands and fathers. Many of you will be someday. You have a call on your life, if you are a husband or a father and you're standing right now, to provide for your family. You have a charge from God to provide your family. Now you might be thinking, oh yeah, financially I do. I'm not talking financially. I'm talking spiritually. You are called to be the spiritual head of your household, every single one of you. That is your calling, not to be an Elimelech, but to be another character that we'll read about here eventually. Men and women, here's the difference. When women convert to Jesus, barely anything happens in a family. This is statistics. I'm not trying to be all sexist. Please bear with me. But when a man gives his life to Christ and converts, the entire family almost every single time will convert as well. You have a spiritual legacy that God wants to leave within your family and place on your shoulders if you let him. Your responsibility is to lead your family and to lead it well. Your wife and your kids, if you are married or or a dad, are your responsibility. Do you pray for them? Do you pray with them? Do you make sure that your wife has godly relationships around her? Do you make sure your children do as well? Are you living your life as an example to those that are seated at the moment? Do you? Being a husband doesn't mean, well, I'm the man of the house. I got to be intimidated and uh, uh, listen to me, man. That's what I want. Go, go in the kitchen, woman, and get me a beer. That is not what it means. It means you serve. And you serve with every ounce of your soul, your heart, your mind, and your strength. And everything. Some of you teenagers who are standing, you'll be there someday. Okay? That is our calling, is to serve first. If you're frustrated with your marriage, your wife's your garden, you're her gardener. If you are frustrated with your kids, I'm not your kid's first pastor, you are. Happy 2019. I want every single one of you guys to know that I love you very much. The only way a spiritual atmosphere changes in a church or a community starts with you. No pressure. No pressure. Huge, huge thank you to so many of you that are standing that I know that have gone before and you have set the stage for us younger guys. And I just want to say a huge thank you to you. And this is what I want to just do before you sit. Can I just pray for you? God, we just pray for our, our men in this church, in this community. And God, you have placed a mantle upon them, Lord, in our, in our culture today that is called to follow you and to lead their families. Lord, like eventually the character we learn about Boaz does. And I pray right now, God, that you would give every single man in this room, Lord, conviction to lead 
their family as the spiritual head of their household. Lord, not overbearing, but within a servant attitude, just like you took on, Jesus. We thank you, God, and I pray that you bless these men as they stand. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we give our hand to these guys? Come on. You can take a seat. You see, our faith walk is a journey, and God's going to bring us to certain places. We get to choose to go to some. Some we don't get a choice in. God just brings us there. Some of us will have the lowest of lows, the highest of highs. But he loves us whether we are in the lowest of lows or the highest of highs. We grow many times when we hit rock bottom like Naomi eventually does here in Moab. That's what happened to her. You know, in her name, Naomi, it actually means God's delight or pleasantness. That's a beautiful name. That's an amazing name. Her sons, her two sons, Malin and Killian, you know what their sons' names mean? It means sickly and childless or pain. I'm going to call you sickly and I'm going to call you pain. So if you're looking for new names, if you're pregnant, don't use these two. All right? You know, then they marry Ruth and they marry um, Orpah. Here's what's interesting. You've heard of Oprah Winfrey today? You know, she actually changed her name. It was Orpah. She changed it because she didn't want the Hebrew uh, um, correlation there. Naomi and Elimelech, they're from the tribe of Judah. Okay, so again, you have these Jewish customs playing a huge part behind the scenes of this story. Huge part, okay? And so first, the fleeing again from Bethlehem to Moab would have looked, been just awful for any Israel. In other words, they left. You are never going to be welcomed back to your home country is what's happening. Okay, they're basically like, we're done with it. We're out of here. We're going, we're going into the world. We're going to go sin. We're going to go live it up. Might as well. Second, it states in the book of Deuteronomy that no Jewish person is to ever marry a Moabite because if so, the child is illegitimate. Remember this. This might be a little weird and in-depth here this morning, but check this out. That Ill- illegitimate son that eventually we find out Ruth has later on, you can read ahead if you want, it's in the genealogy of Jesus. What? There's incest in the genealogy? Yeah! What? God can save anybody? Yeah! Wake up! You mean he can save me? I'm not too far gone? You're not too far gone! There's still hope for you! You're like, oh, really? <laughs> yes! Yes! Really? Me? Yeah, you! Stop nudging the person next to you and realize it's for you. I want to look at three sections this morning. First is this, the exile to Moab. Ruth chapter 1, verse 1. It says, in the day when the judges ruled... And these were like kings to just make sure. They weren't quite kings, but they were making sure that everything was together. Okay? In the days when the judges ruled, there was a famine in the land. Again, starvation happening. So a man from Bethlehem and Judah, together with his wife and two sons, went to live for a while in this country. Again, this happens in both these countries. There's no king. The people are trying to govern themselves without God's command. Okay? Could you imagine a culture that's trying to do that? Yeah, we can. All right? Because of the famine, they go. And the Moabites here bring them not to serve the Hebrew God, but this other God. And then while they're there, all of the guys die. All of them die. Men, one more thing for you this morning. I know you're sitting now, but you know, there's a pastor friend of mine who he decided to do something. And men, how many know that we are responsible for our wives and children, not only in this life, but when we pass? None of you know that. Okay. Let me just say this. Men, You are responsible for your wives and your children and your family, not only while you're alive, but when you pass on. My pastor friend did this. 
He decided on every anniversary to send flowers. He made sure all the funeral expenses were paid. He made sure his family was entirely taken care of before he passed away. And he passed away every year on her anniversary. She gets flowers from him. Now she's moved on, but he decided in the grave and out of the grave to take care of his family. Men, man up. Man up. Wow, I thought this was going to be like a chick flick all about Ruth. A little different this morning, huh? If you're with me, say yeah. If you're scared, don't leave. All right. Um, here's the second. There's an inner battle that goes on in every single one of us, including Naomi, and we'll read it here. It's chapter uh, 1, verses 11 through the first part of 13. It says, but Naomi said, return home, my daughters. Remember her two daughters-in-laws? This is Orpah and Ruth. I want you to follow this. Why should you come with me? Am I going to have any more sons who could become your husbands? She's practical, okay? Return home, my daughters. I'm too old to have another husband. Even if I thought there was still hope for me, even if I had a husband tonight and then gave birth to sons, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, you wouldn't do that. She even thinks that even if she has more sons, you're not going to wait around. You're going to go. Why would you not? And so you've got this great divide happening right here that's so cool. They're asked twice by Naomi, hey, just go. Go, go to your people. You're Moabite women. I'm an Israelite woman. I'm a Hebrew. You go to your, you go to your people. I'll, I'll go to mine. I have no idea what's going to happen. Remember, she was excommunicated. Her husband took her and her family and left. She's not going to be welcome back. Okay? She's going to be in exile. And she's got this story, and she tells her two daughter-in-laws, the only people that she has connection with that we read about, she says, no, go back. Go back. She tells them this twice. Ruth 1.16, it says this, but Ruth replied, don't urge me to leave you or turn back from you. How many know the scripture? Where you go, I will go, and where you stay, I will stay. I think Chris Tomlin did a, did a song on that. Your people will be my people and your God, my God. <laughs> this is like, th- th- this is it right here, okay? Part of this chapter right here. Naomi's daughter-in-law, Orpah, goes back to her people. There's no guilt. There's no condemnation. Orpah at first was like, yeah, I'll go with you. And then later she's like, mm, I'm going to stay here. It's comfortable. Ruth is a Moabite. She doesn't know the Hebrew God. She doesn't know the real God. She doesn't know the real way. It's like you're living in a community and most of the people don't attend church and you got one next to you that you invite and they have no idea what to expect and we need to welcome them with open arms so that they can eventually have this Ruth God encounter that we read about right here. Because Ruth right here goes and has this conversion. What happens? Did you, did you read it? Did you read what happened? Okay, what, what does she do? She says, where you go, Naomi, wherever you go, I will. Okay, and... Your God will be my God. This is her conversion. Right here, she becomes a believer in the Hebrew God. She says, yes. She's like, yes, this makes sense. I'm going to do it. She has this conversion. And if you know anything about conversion, it actually means turning away. We repent. We go the other way. And that's what Ruth does. She turns from Moab. She goes in the complete opposite direction. She leaves her family. She leaves her customs. She leaves her religion. All of that to go with Naomi. She even leaves her sister. Says, peace out. I'm gone. And here's the cool part. This goes beyond prophecy. Right here, you, all we know is that it's not just about Jewish people anymore that can be saved. It's not just about Jewish people that can receive eternal life. 
right here we see a Moabite woman who becomes a believer. That means today anyone can be a believer. Anybody. Even those people you don't like. Even those people that drive you nuts. We're called to pray for them. You know who they are. Come on. Third is, and last is this. Chapter 1, verse 19 says this. So the two women went out until they came to Bethlehem. So this is Naomi and Ruth now. So remember, they're in the desert. They're traveling back from Moab, back to the land. They had not been to in years, at least 10 years. When they arrived in Bethlehem, the whole town, well, way longer, 10 years. The whole town was stirred because of them, okay? And the woman exclaimed, whoa, could, could that be Naomi? Could that be her? This walk, remember, it's a week or two walk. How much guts how, do, do these two women have? We're going to go on this 50-mile journey across the desert, just the two of us. We're going to do it because we're going back. That's the determination in Naomi's head and her heart. But then Naomi does something that I actually disagree with. Verse 20. Don't call me Naomi. She told them, call me Mara. So she goes to the DMV right here and changes her name. Okay? So she does. Bethlehem DMV, very expensive. She goes in, changes her name. Call me Mara. Call me Mara because... The Almighty has made my life very bitter. Here's where I disagree with who she's blaming. Who's she blaming here? She shout it out. She's blaming God. Now I know none of, again, I know this is such an un, you know, not a relevant book to us because none of us here have ever blamed God for anything in our lives, right? Never happened. Even your pastors never blamed God. God, why me? Who should she have blamed? Her husband, dang straight. Yeah, how many want to take Elimelech out back behind the shed? Come on, like seriously, like, you know, the dude is like, you're off your rocker, man. You're not providing for your family the way you are supposed to. And, and here's what I want to say this morning. She married Elimelech thinking, man, this is going to be great. My life is going to be awesome. I'm marrying this believing man. We're going to have children together. We're going to have a great life together. She's got, I bet she's got these great visions of what this looks like. She married in the faith. She did what she was called to do. Some of you, and I want to talk to the women right now, just for a serious moment. Some of you have had men who have hurt you. Some of you have had men that have physically hurt you or sexually hurt you. Or it's been a long time for you to trust. And that's an unfortunate part about our culture. My heart, my passion, my desire, my vision is that this church is always a safe place for you, your children, and for every person that walks through these doors so that spirit of heaviness from past can be released over time. It won't happen overnight. It can, but usually it takes time. Can we commit to making this a safe place for anyone in need? You see, Naomi recognizes something. She recognizes that the tragedy in her lives were not just accidents, but actually the hand of God was on each one of them, as we'll read about the next three. You can go ahead. But all three women had a choice to make. All three of them did. Naomi could have stayed there. Ruth could have stayed there. You know, Orpah could have gone with them. Why did they all choose differently? We don't know. We don't know. But although Naomi did not rise above the feeling of grief as she arrived at Bethlehem, her recognition that God is almighty and why she went there offered her a ray of hope. You know who gave her the ray of hope? Two things. 
a city that loved God, okay? And God himself in his presence. Can I just say this this morning? Here's the second thing. If you're going to remember anything from today's message, Ruth chapter 1. You will never find healing outside of God's people or God's presence. You keep trying to look for it outside of there, you're not going to do it. Men, if we're not leading our wives to God's presence and to God's people, we're doing it wrong. Period. There's no, it's black and white. Okay, I hate to be all black and white on to you today, but that's the truth. And I wouldn't be doing my part as a pastor if I wasn't sharing that. Ruth eventually, here's the cool part, here's the little bit of the pride and prejudice part right here. Eventually she meets someone. Some guy, it's going to change her life. In fact, it's going to save her life. So here's my call to action for you today as we bring the service to a close. Number one, it's 2019. It's a new year. And you don't have to raise your hand right now. This is just rhetorical, but how many of you are ready for a new year? So here's the deal. For this to be good, for for good to start, bad must end. That's your choice. The only place you will flourish is with God's people and in God's presence. You will not find genuine healing outside of that. So you've got to trust in him. Let me give this last scripture as we close. You can go ahead and toss it up on the screen. Proverbs chapter 3, 5, and 6. This might be familiar to some. If not, make this your prayer today. Choose to trust in him. That's what Naomi did. You know how much trust it took her to cross 50 miles of desert back to her homeland where she knew nothing about anybody and they're going to judge her and, and ridicule her or they could? We got to think that same thing when somebody walks through these doors. We need to welcome them with open arms all the time, no matter what they're going through. Hey, you're welcome here. Whether you agree with them or disagree, hey, you're welcome here. Whether they vote red or vote blue, hey, you're welcome here. Whether you're male or female, you're welcome here. No matter what's going on in their life, you welcome here. You open open arms all the time. That's the bridge. Can I hear a good amen? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And always acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. Acknowledge him. That's what Naomi did. That's what Ruth did, that she converted. Some of us, maybe we haven't had that conversion yet. The only way we have that today is by saying yes to a relationship with Jesus Christ, who's actually in the, in the genealogy line that we find of Ruth. So would you do this with me this morning? Would you stand to your feet? And I just want to pray for you this morning as, as we close. Lord, I'm so grateful for this story in your, in your word. I'm so grateful for the women in the church right now. I'm so grateful for the men God, you've called each and every single one of us to trust in you. And so today, Lord, if there's anyone here that has never put their trust in you, Jesus, that today would be that day, that they would believe you all the days of their life. They would accept you. They would acknowledge you. They would ask for your forgiveness, and you would give it to them, and they would receive that forgiveness and live all the days of their life for you. God, the mantle you have placed upon me and the other men in this room, would you allow us to live, Lord, as we read about this other character named Boaz? Would we live like him? And we haven't even read about him yet, but protecting and providing for our family's faith walk and their journey. Would we be a pastor to our family, God? Would we pray for our children and our children's spouses? Would we pray with them? Would we pray over them? Would we pray with our wives and for our wives? God, would you just anoint the men in this room, Lord, to live as you have called them to live as the spiritual head of their house? 
And Lord, I pray for every marriage, I pray for every family in this church that you would bring restoration where needed, you'd bring forgiveness where needed, you'd bring healing where needed, you would bring wholeness where needed, and you would have that beginning of 2019, Lord, and it would continue on as a legacy for that marriage and that family. Lord, for those here that are single this morning, I pray that you would surround them with people that would allow them to live their faith journey in purity, in patience, and walking that line that you have called them to walk, Lord until they marry the one that you've chosen for them. God, I pray today that you'd be with us, Lord. Would we follow you all the days of our life? Would we have the guts that Naomi had to walk 50 miles through a desert just to seek your face? Would we do that during these 21 days of of prayer and fasting? Here we are on, on day five, Lord. We have more to come. And whatever people have chosen to fast, would you just receive it as an offering, as a sacrificial offering as we pray for these things? And we just ask for your presence, and I just ask for your presence in every family and every person here today. And so we pray this in the precious name of Jesus, and all of us said together, amen, 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 and amen. Hey, a little different take on Ruth. I hope it was good. We're going to hop into Ruth chapter 2 next week. The women are hopping into Ruth this Tuesday night, and I hope I gave you guys something to talk about. Have a great week, everybody. Say hi to somebody you haven't met yet. This has been a podcast of The Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.